hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. The latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from your tech. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 63. All thanks to the good people at Netgear. Uh, Netgear, connecting with innovation, netgear.com.au. And joining me each and every week, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. Good to be here. How's mate, everything? everything is outstanding. We've got uh, we've actually got a lot to talk about again this week, episode 63, and we'll, uh, we'll get straight away. Now, Samsung uh, hit the hit the world last week with the uh, with the announcement and the launch of the Samsung Galaxy S three. Now, I think this must have been what the day after we we last spoke, our, our last show. It was um, yes, early Friday morning, I believe, Trevor. Our so time. you know, it's I got to say, you know, this is a really much anticipated is is an overused phrase, but much anticipated phone from Samsung because it's it's kind of like they're they're slowly building themselves to a hype point. Like the other mob, where they've got this this key phone every year. Now they've got a lot of different phones, but this is their key phone. The Samsung Galaxy S two was a stunning phone. I remember when you and I first we were at the launch in in Sydney at the, the Hyatt, and I remember getting it Hilton, and going actually, mate, Hilton, anyway, whatever, same thing. It was the Hilton, and you know you're sitting there, and this enough. thing was fairinkum. It was light. It was skinny. Mm-hmm. It was it was amazing, and so it kind of has a lot of hype to live up to, doesn't it? The, the it S three. Yeah, it's a very hard act to follow. Exactly right, but. The Galaxy S2 was voted the best smartphone in the world, you may recall, back Mm. at the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona in February. So there was high expectation for the Galaxy S3. And you exactly, you nailed it when you said that the expectations around this are are iPhone-like. Yeah. People have been really uh, anticipating this device, waiting for it to come out. Within the rumors about it. When it's going to come out, oh, they saw an ad for it. And there were shots turning up on websites of this is a so-called... The Galaxy S3. So and, and that's what the, they the, need. The, the actual device itself is impressive uh, uh, specs. It's 4.8-inch Super AMOLED screen. Now, the, the screens on the Samsung devices are all have always beautiful. been really good. Yeah, Quad-core processor. And where I expect it to be, I'll put it this way, I'll be very surprised if it isn't, 4G. Yeah, exactly. I think um, you know Samsung at least ha- have proven that the Samsung Galaxy S two can be upgraded. They've they've launched a, a second model of that here in Australia right. with the four G. So it would be a bit backwards if it, if it didn't come out with four G. Obviously here, absolutely. Yeah. Well, the the uh, the, the the number of four G devices we're going to see are going to radically increase yeah. in starting with this one. But the design of the device, I've run a few pictures on Tech Guide. I'm sure you've seen them on the oh, web yeah. as well. It looks terrific. It's only it's it's only I think. 8.6 millimetres thick, which is thinner than the iPhone. Uh, looks really sleek. Nice big screen mm. with some features, though. Just a couple of features that really impressed me. One yeah. was the sensor, which uses the front-facing camera to look at where your eyes, where your eyes are looking. Yeah. It's so a bit for freaky, example, isn't it? If you're it? looking at the screen, reading a book or a website or whatever, mm. 
it can see your eyes are aimed at the screen and it won't dim out the screen. Yeah, right. And I just think it's a bit... really innovative, aren't they? There's definitely something freaky about that and I don't think we really understand... <laughs> your phone is watching you. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we really yet understand what, how the applications of that. I think there's a couple of things about the design that, that interest me. Um, it's hard to tell from the pictures really, you know, the thickness of it. You can't really quantify it by looking at the design because they've done a very cunning thing. They've they've put this um, curved um, uh, chrome look along the yeah. side, so it kind of looks like it's thin in some ways. But I think it's the same thickness as the S2. No, that's right. It, it's just deceptive because it's actually yeah. a big, fat kind of thing in terms of it, it looks very rounded edges as opposed to the, the, the S2 had, it was very square with rounded corners, but this is more circular. It's a bit palmish in a sense, oh, I, th- I think, somewhere there. <laughs> but, you know, it's a nice-looking thing. Oh, I don't doubt that. Um, I think the back of it, again, I, I know it's a terrible thing to say, I think the whole thing when you're just staring at it in photos, it looks fat to me, yeah, but I know it's not. I don't think you can appreciate it until you get no, it in your hands. No, I think. not at all. So another interesting addition, though, is uh, the voice control, which mm. we saw with Siri mm-hmm. and several other devices that connect now you can talk to. Now, here's another device taking advantage of voice. They're mm-hmm. going to have things like, obviously, giving it commands and searching for things and also entering texts rather than typing you're going to talk to this things now mm. as well so we're going to see it in weeks i believe trevor too end of may early june i'm hearing early june i think would probably be the around the time we're going to see it yeah i think and i think that would be the right time to launch because there'll obviously be some good publicity yeah. for apple around that time with what my, does it um, do i was going to ask you that what do you think apple are thinking right now like, I, I honestly cannot i i can't see apple waiting until october hmm. to show us their next device they have to do something sooner. What do you think? I, I don't. You know what? Apple don't need to react. I think that they. I disagree. I disagree. I think Apple need to show because how many? And be honest. How many people ask you and me? We're, we we get asked this all the time. When's the new iPhone coming out? My oh, plan's no, running all the out. Time. People want to know. No, they do. I think, you know, this, this is going to really steal a lot of thunder. If, if if this is going to come out in June, traditionally when the iPhone of the past have come out in June, July, if they're going to wait till October, there's going to be a lot of great handsets that are going to be coming out in that time. Mm. A lot of contracts are going to run out. People are going to get in, involved there with other devices. I think Apple need to at least announce something soon, maybe wait till August, September. But mm. I believe Apple's best move is to say, right, you reckon that's good? Check this out the iPhone 5 or whatever they're going to call it in June, July, sooner rather than later. Yeah, look, I think what'll happen, you know, it's all speculation as we always say, but I think um, the the Worldwide Developers Conference in June will be an announcement of some nice software upgrades to, to the Mac and some nice little things, maybe a product here or there, you know, a Mac up, uh, refresh or something. But I think what they'll do is they'll announce the next evolution of the iOS, whether it's a really st- steep one, like a, a 6. It'll be a 6, um, yeah. And, and with some, and they've, got to, they've got to pull out a new phone as well, mate. No, but I, I think if they can bring out an operating, if they announce an operating system that is more advanced, i.e. things like widgets, okay, things that Android is really starting to do very well, um, then that will introduce the, the, the excitement around the device. Now, when people say to me, I'm coming off contract, yada, 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 what should I do? I say to them, you know, do you, do, do you want another iPhone? And they say, well, of course. And you say, well, well of course, you're going to wait then. You, you're going to wait. And then I say, what apps do you use? And they say, oh, look, I love Facebook. I love Twitter. I love email, whatever. And I say, well, you should consider the Android because it's pretty much all of those things do it's really well. Yes. Um, so, so it is difficult depending on what, what the user is doing with it. I, but, but, mate, honestly, if Apple are planning an October launch, they won't bring it forward. If they're already planning June, then so be it. I actually think... That won't no, really change. I don't much. mean launch it in June. I mean let's see the thing. 
What back in 2007 when Steve Jobs announced the original iPhone? Remember that? January yeah. 2007, it was at Macworld. Yep. The phone didn't appear until June. Yeah, true. So imagine, imagine if, he, if Apple uh, can, uh, in June, whatever, pull out the new iPhone and say, here it is, coming soon. Yeah, look, it's a tough expectation management thing with 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 Apple. But oh, yeah. look, but <laughs> but yeah, what, Apple what about us? The beat of their own drum. But let's be fair; they, yeah. they they don't take cues from anybody. But and, uh, and we've it'd just be spent, nice to see though. And we've just spent four minutes talking about Apple in a, in a Samsung story. So you know, I'm this is, sure that that uh, Tim Cook is over there listening to this podcast, oh. thinking, you know what, those guys might be onto something. He's a subscriber, so obviously he is. And uh, <laughs> hi, Tim. It's all good. Um, no, now, but yeah, you know, but look, bottom line: so the, the Galaxy S3 is a, is a very good follow up. It is a great follow up device. It Absolutely. is top spec. It will be the number one Android phone, certainly, that we'll be recommending. It's the smartphone um, to beat, Trevor, to quote Sony from a few weeks ago. I, I'm It'll not be the smartphone to beat. Yeah. I, until I'm, the new iPhone comes out. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's that's <laughs> the problem. So, look, uh, you're right. It's a few weeks away, um, and stay tuned to, to both Two Blokes Talking Tech and techguide.com.au for all the latest news and launch information. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, you know I love my exercise, don't you, Trevor? As, oh, uh, mate, so do I. Massively more than you do. Okay, massively but, into uh, exercise. I was very excited to hear that Nike uh, had come up with uh, another uh, Nike Plus sports watch, but mm. uh, this was a Nike sports watch uh, with a difference. It had the addition of the nice TomTom GPS uh, addition to it as well. So mm. not only was it a pretty pretty special sports watch, which uh, can uh, obviously do all the things like time your run and be connected to a heart rate monitor, but it had the added GPS element, mm. which allowed you to uh, not only track the w- where you run, but also can can because GPS can track your speed and your pace very if, uh, precisely as well, very accurately as well. It could also give you all that information, and once you get back from your run, you can literally plug this watch into your computer, upload your latest run to the the NikePlus.com website, and track. All of your runs. Very exciting to have all that information on your wrist. It's really interesting because there's a lot of this stuff around, isn't there? You know, there's the Adidas My Coach. There's, um, you know, you can obviously do a lot of this in your phone or, or, or whatever other device. There's like a lot that. of apps to do this, but exactly. Uh, but this, this is this is actually traditional. You know, this is it's it's actually really stupid and a bit hard sometimes running around with a phone strapped to your arm. You're better off with you know just a nice little iPod you shuffle. Do you do that a lot, I hear, oh, mate. Anyway, yeah, so. absolutely. I've got all the you know the fitness gear, <laughs> fitness uh, accessories. Obviously, I mean it's you know huge. <laughs> Uh, huge, literally. No, but the so having a watch that does all that, you know, um, and there's others around that do that. Garmin do that, but this is, you know, this is Nike. You know, this is a Nike. this is a big deal, and that's why people buy these things. I've got to, I've got to make an admission. I'm a big Nike fan. I, I, I'm, if people look at me, they think I'm sponsored by Nike because all my stuff's Nike. My shoes, my tracksuits, all of that. So we ring a cowbell. Loving, loving your Nike. I hope yeah. Nike are listening. <laughs> well, and what's the, what's the price? Uh, it is two hundred and forty nine ninety five. Mm, it's a lot of money. No, I'm sorry. Right, it's one hundred and ninety nine dollars. I'm sorry. Still a lot of money. <laughs> it's under two hundred. It's pretty good for the and the watch is. It's a good quality watch. It's a bit chunky. For many might see it. It look. It looks a bit large. But if you read my review, once you put it on your wrist, it actually does. It looks a lot sleeker than it is when you just see it bare. But uh, one in my review, I wrote the fact that look, it, it it does what it says it does. It does very well. The, mm. the GPS, the timers, and all of that. 
I would have loved though to have, imagine if you could have you know you know the size of the iPod Nano how small it is. Oh yeah, yeah. Imagine having your music in that as well. You just oh. plug in an earphone. You, because, it's got a little headphone jack, and you can have your music in it too. Not much, even if you have a gig memory, mate. That's but that's that, all you need. Right. What, unless you're running a buddy marathon, you don't even need an hour's worth of songs. Do you know yeah, what I mean? But because I I, I I can't now since I've had iPods, I've, I can't train without music. I can't oh, run no, without no. music in my ears now. I get bored. So, I get bored if I go for a walk. I bored. <laughs> got to have music, or yeah, even if I've got like tune in radio or something in my in my head, just to to, to uh, something to listen to. So I, I've I've found that when I've used this watch, and I love using it, hmm. but I've got to have uh, the, my iPod Nano using a you know that how you can buy the little straps that makes turns hmm. your Nano into a watch. Yep, I've got that on my other wrist. I've got so a I've got an ex- look at me and say, look at this idiot. He's got two watches on, but one of them is my iPod. Mate, I've got an exclusive product for you. I think it's amazing. Oh, look, I can't. I don't want to break some sort of embargo here, but there's a few people around here that got on there. They're elderly mainly, but um, they're, they're headphones, and they've got a little antenna on them, and the radio's built into them, AM and FM radio. It's, it's going to be the next big thing. I had one of them in 1973, <laughs> I think. <laughs> uh, Nike plus au for more information. Stephen, I'm a little a little sick of talking about people making millions and billions of dollars. I've got to <laughs> be honest. Not lo- that's not like you. Yeah, no, and I didn't win a lot of this week, so it's You're not. You're happy for people who who get suddenly billions of dollars. Yeah, I'm you? I'm a massive fan of people who've got millions that don't give me any. <laughs> but and you know we've had, so we've had Instagram, we've got Facebook. So I take it you never won Oz Lotto then, eh? No, I didn't. We've got Facebook uh, in initial market valuation looking at about 95 billion US dollars. But um, another one, and this is an interesting one because with Zynga, who's the company that makes all, all those kind of Farmville and those kind of games, and then you've got Instagram, which is just a random purchase, but Angry Birds, you know, it's not really been one that's been talked about, and it's the most popular app of that's all huge. time. Rovio, the company that make Angry Birds, have been valued at $8.8 billion. Can you believe that? That is, well, and you know what? Yes, I can. Really interesting to note that they, they, they were they were formed. Now, but the company was formed by three students. Uh, okay, this is a Finland company, so they're Finnish. They're from Finland, same country as Nokia. Yeah, good. now that's not a good a benchmark anymore. Saying that their eight point eight billion value now puts them as makes them as valuable a company as Nokia. It's embarrassing. So, it, it, but it's interesting though. The ironic thing, though, listen to this. The irony of the whole thing is mm. the company was formed. Rovio Entertainment was formed by these three students who entered a competition to create a game, and have a guess who the sponsor of that competition was? Nokia. <laughs> <laughs> they won a game development competition sponsored by Nokia That's and Hewlett Packard back in 2003. Oh, so that is pure bloody gold. Uh, and a good result. But Angry Birds, we love it. We've often talked about Angry Birds on the program. I'm sure you've got every version, just like I have. You know what? Level. I don't have the space uh, version, and and for some reason the space version must be advertised or mentioned somewhere because my son, who's five, said to me the other morning, "Dad, why don't we have Angry Birds Space?" And I went. Uh, Spend a dollar, Dad. Is that Jesus. what he said? Or? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's all right. Open the wallet, Dad. Is that what he said? It's all right when you're at the shops and something's 70 bucks. Say, mate, that's like, you know, that's a, that's a lot of money. But it's very hard to justify not buying a dollar app, isn't it? It is. Anyway, Rovio and Angry Birds valued at $8.8 billion. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long. And it's thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au for all your home and small business networking products and uh, and information. Netgear are the people that bring the internet into your home 
and then they distribute it throughout the home. And whether you, whether or not you've got a, a small number of devices or a huge range of devices on your network, Netgear have got a solution for you. If you're doing advanced things like streaming video from your computer to your TV or from your network storage to your TV, and, and you want to make sure that that streaming occurs with a nice, solid, and unbuffered way, Get a dual band router from Netgear, which isolates the video and other content into its own separate little network and allows you to get full uninterrupted streaming while the kids or you or whatever are on the internet playing games or doing whatever it is. Um, that's the kind of stuff that Netgear do. They've got the ReadyShare series of routers, and this is the coolest thing. You've got a router with a simple USB plug in the back. You plug a USB stick, little one gig or 64 gig, or you plug a, an external hard drive into that, and that information, that the data and that that hard drive location is shared across every device on your network. Simple things like that that make Netgear the innovators. You can trust netgear.com.au for anything you want to know about home or small business networking. It seems apps are really the uh, the topic of the day uh, mm. on our little podcast today, Trevor. We little, spoke about Angry little. Birds earlier, but uh, there's another major player, uh, internet player, who's also gone into the app business, and mm. that's Facebook. Ah. They've opened up uh, an app center on the popular social networking site. Now, you've got to remember there's 900 million members Facebook worldwide, so that's quite a large audience that they can show their apps to. Now, the apps that are going to be shown in their app center uh, are what they're calling their mobile social apps right. because what what they're aiming to do is to uh, to uh, allow people to discover these apps in a central place on Facebook where a lot of people spend a lot of time yep. uh, and to discover these apps that allow people to uh, int- that, that integrate Facebook into the app itself. So, for example, right. they might use Facebook to sign in with it or they are able to share content on their Facebook news feed. So, it'll allow people to discover various apps uh, – Great examples, uh, recent examples would be think, uh, apps like Pinterest, for example, where people were suddenly seeing in their newsfeed, what's this Pinterest all about? And so that was a discovery. More recently, Vidi, the uh, video sharing, 15-second video sharing mm. app as well, was coming into our feeds and people think, oh, what is this stuff? And that's led to the discovery. So Facebook, uh, if, if you do have to download the app, I must add that, that you are then taken to the App Store or the Android Play Store, whatever it's called now, mm. uh, to actually, if there is an install required. But yep. clever move by Facebook, don't you think? Just trying to bring everything together. And I also think that the, hopefully there's something in this about the kind of authority and verification of apps because we've still got these stupid video links that people are clicking on that, you know, it doesn't really have a video behind it. It's just, a, you know, it's a scam. And I'd, I'd like to think there's going to be some sort of like authentication, you know, yeah. way of it saying. It looks like it's going to be regulated pretty yes. heavily. And, and, and it is. it does take you back to the app store and the play store as well. So it's. You, you, I think they're uh, they're only going to show the real deal in there, the, the proper apps. That's what you want to see. So, look, and you know, Facebook. While while we're on it, have done a, done some interesting things recently. They, they announced a partnership with a couple of um, security companies. And when the yes. first one came out, I thought, oh, that's a big deal. But then there was another security company. I think it was Sophos was the second one. Yeah. Um, you know, to come in, and you're like, as well. you're like, hang on a minute, uh, this is a this is a smart move. But I'm confused. Shouldn't you just be with one company and make sure it's all clean? But at least they're thinking about the security because honestly, the number of people that get sucked into those things on Facebook oh, really worry me. So definitely. yeah, they had a bit of drama with that last year. Recall we we spoke about it on the program last year that, uh, but I think they ha- I think the reason they got the different 
internet security companies is because they, I think they allow them to specialize. Like I think Trend Micro have like a lot of cloud-based stuff that scans right. all these like billions of links a day and make sure you're not clicking on a on a site that's going to lead you down the track to, of, of maybe attracting malware or whatever. Yep. But uh, it's a it's a smart move and the App Center as well. So it's uh, and the beauty of it, of it is that it's not just all about iPhone or Android. It's both. So you can yep. you can browse one of the only places I think on the web where you can browse uh, the apps that are suitable for both operating systems. Two blokes talking tech. Yeah, we were just talking uh, Netgear as uh, sponsors of the show. I just wanted to uh, mention a bloody great app. I've been talking about this for a little while, and we saw this demonstrated in uh, in Vegas at CES. And I've I've been using the Netgear Genie app on my iPad for a while, but uh, you know, the, this this app, mate, is is a very powerful little little piece of kit that allows you to do things. One of, Netgear identified a while ago that. And I remember saying to them, you know, the one thing you could do is make, make the administration of your routers easier. You know how hard it is? You, you, you <laughs> That's t- a little you, your idea, mate. Oh, no, no, I'm not taking credit. I'm just saying this is how the conversation came out. They told Absolutely. me about this thing. I'd like to take credit for it, of course. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you go to a website, you know, 192.168.0.1, you've got yeah. to put in passwords. It's very complicated. So they've made the whole back end of your router an app. And, you know, I can, I'm, I'm looking at mine here. I've got a traffic meter. I've got parental controls. I've got guest access. I've got wireless settings. And the thing I love is that is the the, the Network map. I'll tell you about two things, and you can tell me what what you know and like. Yep. But the network map and the my media. The network map is literally that. It shows you in real time who's connected to your network. So I can see, and I've got three pages of devices on this app um, connected to to my network. I've got iPad, Apple TV, iMac, uh, our network storage, Amanda's laptop, uh, a couple of other you know tablets. I've got another iPad. It's it's all connected here, and it's telling me all these devices are connected right now. So one thing, there's two things about that. One of them is you can tell whether anyone's got unauthorized access because if you don't know what it is. You can just disconnect it. And the other one is the My Media section. So you go in here. I use that to make my teenage kids go to bed, mate, at night. (laughs) Exactly. Turn them off. Lock them out. So the other one is the My Media section. And basically here, you've got a list of sources, so places where media lives. Might be on a computer. Might be on a hard drive network-based thing. And then you've got a list of players, and it might be the actual iPhone, or it might be your TV might be DLNA-enabled or something like that. And you can actually say, I want to play this movie from my network storage on that TV. Press play, and it plays. It, it's very, very simple and cool stuff. So if, if 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 you've got a Netgear router, I think, and it's Genie compatible, which is most of the recent models, it's a great thing to have on your on your iOS devices. Absolutely, but uh, another benefit that I found, which is uh, proving very popular now, how many people have asked you? Look, I want to print from my iPhone or iPad. Yeah, and it's very hard to find an AirPrint printer. I've got one on HP, but they're they're few and far between. Well, you can't do it. But now what Netgear Genie does is make any printer that's connected to your network and your main computer an AirPrint compatible printer. So now what Network Genie does, it creates, it sort of fills in the gap between on the network that that allows, that that didn't before allow that connectivity from your iPhone uh, and your iPad. So now, rather than having to go out and buy a printer that's AirPrint uh, enabled or certified, Netgear Genie can now fill in the blanks and allow that connection to be made. Now, the the only thing you need to do is make sure that the Netgear Genie app is actually running on your computer Computer yep. at the time on the computer that's actually physically connected to your printer. That's the only downside of it. So you got to really go to your print, 
computer, fire up the Genie app, and then you can print. I, I tested it out yesterday. I was printing photos and all sorts of things from my iPhone hmm. and my iPad. So uh, another added benefit of Netgear Genie. And as an aside, if you've got a Net- Netgear Genie-compatible router, you can actually connect your, your printer by USB directly to the router and share it via AirPrint that way. So there's a whole heap of different options. You can read all about it at techguide.com.au. Now, uh, you know, I, I love my, enjoy my golf. Yeah, well, you've got uh, a lot of time on your There's no shortage of devices that can help improve your game. And let's face it, I need all the help I can get. So uh, <laughs> I was very excited to hear about a new device from a company called Golf Buddy. Uh, the very cleverly worded uh, press release came through and it mentioned The Voice. Now, we all know everyone's caught up in this reality Spinning show, chairs. the singing show on Channel 9, mm. but it was not that voice. It was the Golf Buddy voice. And what it is, it's a tiny little golf GPS rangefinder uh, that can talk to you. So what? rather than you having a look at the screen the whole time, if this thing, if, if the device is clipped to your hat or your belt or wherever it is, you just got to press a button on the front of the device and it will actually speak to you and tell you the distance to the hole. You love your golfing devices. We've talked about a few of them. And so, so it's actually speaking to you. That's the voice component. That's right. It can it can can tell you the distance to the hole. You can look at the screen if you want to, but a little clip click on the on the device. It might be clipped to your hat or your belt or wherever it is. Tells you how far you have to the front of the green, middle of the green, back of the green. And look, this thing comes with more than thirty five thousand courses preloaded, uh, and there's that that includes more than a, a thousand Australian golf courses. And this thing's tiny. Hmm. It's four point three centimeters square. So it's smaller than a golf ball, so it can easily fit on your belt, your hat, as I mentioned. So a handy little device to have on the course to improve your game. And as I said, any help is uh, gratefully accepted on my game. I would need clubs first. You can go to techguide.com.au to read more about it. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. But I think we both love the um, the Wally or the Wally uh, range of, of iPad mounts from uh, the guys at Melbourne Studio Proper, and love it. I have two in my home, mate. They've just unveiled the next iteration, which is um, actually uh, an iPhone, or actually not just iPhone, a smartphone um, case, and basically it uses that same you know cross technology that clips on to uh, on, on your smartphone. So you've got your smartphone, you can clip it onto either a, a visor mount, a stand, or a suction ca- um, cap style mount. So I can imagine that actually in the kitchen. You could put a suction cap onto the front of the microwave or the window while you're you know, cooking or whatever, but you know, in the car, on the desk, whatever it is. And what they've done here, this is really cool, um, it's actually being done through Kickstarter. Now, people that haven't heard of Kickstarter, it's, a, it's basically a way of funding a project. So what, what they've done is they've They've um, done some designs and they've confirmed the proof of concept. They, they know they can make it and they know how much it's going to cost to make. But, you know, they, they don't have, you know, $50 million sitting in their bank, so, and they're not worth $8.8 billion like Rovio. So they're basically saying to people, not look, yet. if you commit to the product, you, you'll get it and you'll be one of the first people to get it and you're, you're actually funding the product. So what That's happens smart with, how they've done that. So exactly. they sort of, it's kind of everyone can pre-order it so they know how many they need to make and the money's in the bank. Exactly. So if they don't get enough bids, then they won't make it because there's not enough people that want it. But basically, they'll make it at, at $40 for a case, you get a case and a single mounting pad, or you can spend $105, you get a case, and you get a suction mount uh, you, you, sorry, you get three mounting pads, a suction mount, and a pivot stand. So, the, you know, it's great, great deal, great deal. Should and, point um, out though that the uh, it, it, the old Wally actually clip physically clips into the little cross connection, and it, and it, it it actually clips into place. Yep. This uh, the the Wally M uses neodymium magnets to hold the device in place, and because it's a smaller device, 
like an iPhone or, a, or a Android phone, the magnets can hold it very securely in place. I'm a big fan of neodymium magnets. <laughs> massive, massive. I'm a big investor in them. It's a big selling point. It was one of the things that caught my eye. Check it out, uh, Wally M. It's, uh, it's a Kickstarter project. You search for it, you'll find it, the Wally M uh, for smartphone. Coming very soon if you jump on board. Righto, Trevor. It's uh, going to be uh, called uh, Duty Season once again. November the 13th, Black Ops 2 was announced late last week. We touched on it very briefly last week, but I've got a little bit more information. November yep. 13 launch. Now, Black, Black Ops, the original Black Ops released in 2010, went on to become the biggest entertainment release of all time. Uh, was beaten actually by the next chapter, Modern Warfare 3. Mm-hmm. So where they're expecting big things for Black Ops 2. Uh, the original Black Ops was set sort of during the Vietnam War, Cuban Missile Crisis time, 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. Fast-forwarded Black Ops 2. It's going to be set in the near future, 2025. So oh, interesting. Lord. I'm going to be interested to see how they've uh, branched that storyline from the past into the near future. Uh, and the screenshots and the preview, the review, uh, the reveal trailer looks incredible, really cinematic. Uh, and the multiplayer promises to be all of that and more as well. Oh, I'm not a, I'm, to be honest, I'm not a fan of big futuristic stuff. Um, Halo, when it first came out, um, I loved the basic part of it, but then it went into this whole weirdly, you know, uh, alien thing. I kind of lost interest at that point, and uh, so I worry about the futuristic thing. But I guess 2025 is not too futuristic. It's if if it's a bit realistically futuristic, if that makes any sense. Yes, I think so. Um, I think there's going to be things like uh, like drones, like ro- robotic, a lot of robotics in it. It's probably like ro- mm. robot armies and things like yep. that. that. That sounds a bit Star Wars, but from the screenshot oh, well. from the reveal trailer, it, it's going to be pretty much retain the essence of what uh, Call of Duty game is, just with a couple of extra added futuristic bells and whistles. I um. Mate, I would love to start playing it, but the problem is I only know one person who plays it, and he would smash me every night. So I just kind of well, don't see the if, point. You could be on my team, though, Trevor. We could form a team together. You'd be on my side, and then I'll have you back then. I don't want to be on a team. I want to smash you. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're the best. There's a Kaspersky paintball competition in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I can't make it. invited to. I think I have to get you an invite, and I'll make sure you're on the other team. How does that yeah, sound? Yeah, no, I can't make it, and I, I just I, <laughs> that would be that would that wouldn't be good for our reputation as two blokes talking tech. Now, would it? No, uh, not at all. We've this, got to be the two blokes are united, mate. We've got to this, be shoulder to shoulder, the two blokes. This is two blokes talking Call of Duty. Can you imagine the episode? It'll be episode 120-something, and my God, it'll be <laughs> wall to wall. It might just be one bloke talking mate, tech. I probably actually. wouldn't have slept for four days before. I'd just been playing the game straight it, out, it, but anyway. It'll be one bloke talking tech, one bloke thinking, sleeping, Call one of Duty. One bloke snoring. <laughs> <laughs> two blokes talking tech. You're listening to two blokes talking tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Mate, real quick, two things. Oh, I'll give you a product, and you give me a product, um... Okay. Um, the Pentax K01 was uh, released this week. Pentax make really nice cameras, but the one thing they've done to take it to the next level is they've gone to Mark Newson, who who designed the the interiors of the Qantas A380s. That's how I I know him. And the first class lounge as well. Well, yes, it's all very very beautiful. So it was launched at, at Fashion Week or at the end of Fashion Week, and you know what? It's a it's a pretty looking little camera. Um, it's going to be between seven ninety nine and eight forty nine, depending on you know the kit and whatever you get. It's it's a really nice looking thing. I've got to be honest, but you've got to be pretty confident in yourself as uh, as one once one person wrote because it's a bright bloody yellow, bright yellow. Yeah, well, it's got uh, to explain. It's got a it's got the quality of a digital SLR, so it's got interchangeable lenses, mm-hmm. but it's also a smaller body, so it's more like a body of a compact. So yep. it can, combines the best of both worlds. That is the Pentax K O one, and you can read about that at techguide.com.au. 
Now, you know, in-ear headphones are not exactly cheap, Trevor. You walk into uh, JB or any of these uh, stores, Harvey Norman, that are selling these types of in-ear headphones, and a lot of them can cost quite a bit of money. Oh, yeah. okay. you, you pay up to $200. We, I think we spoke weeks ago about the Sony offering, which was $500. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. much to my surprise, I got hold of a pair of Away, that's spelled A-W-E-I, S-A-T-V-I in-ear headphones the other day from our friends at mrmobile.net.au. And, mate, at first glance, I think if I stood in the middle of JB Hi-Fi and asked people, how much would you expect to pay for these headphones? Now, to explain, they've got metallic earbuds, flat ribbon cable. It's got a a remote control and microphone in the cable as well. Gold-plated headphone jack. Mm. Sounds incredible. Great bass response. It's pretty, pretty good audio. Uh, I reckon I'd get a lot of the Away SATVIs are priced at $40, which is an amazing what? price, punching well above their weight. I think for that price, you could probably buy two pairs, keep one in your gym bag, one in your car, so you don't have to remember to bring it with you the whole time. So pretty nice. I put, I put a review up on uh, Tech Guide. Very, very good quality and really great value. All right, there you go. More information at techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And that's it. The buzz has gone off again, mate. Uh, someone else is coming in to do the next. No, there's not really anyone else coming in to do another show. That's just, that's, that's just me and you. But uh, if people are people are, are timing themselves on this program, mate. They, they're driving to work and they're wondering why they're, they're, they're already at work. They're probably thinking they're not going to make it. No, no. They're thinking, why well, I'm already at work. Traffic must have been good today. No, no. We talk longer. Okay? Just relax. Everyone relax. Please forgive us. And uh, we look forward to your feedback at, at iTunes. And, uh, and uh, you can subscribe and do tell your friends. Uh, two blokes talking tech. Thanks, mate. Talk to you next week. This you will. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.